Hello, Sportscope followers. After five years of doing this program, once a week, balancing a 60-hour workweek job, I've decided to do the program five days a week, one hour a night, taking a significant pay cut. So I've started a Patreon page, which is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash Sportscope, spelled the same way at the bottom of the screen you see there, for $5 a month, 17 cents a day. You can help support the program. You ask yourself, why Sportscope? Well, I bring in such big names uh, such as Al Borges, former Auburn offensive coordinator, and and I cover the big news uh, in sports that the corporate media will not cover. If you want to contribute more than $5 a month, you can go use the cash app. The cash tag is Sportscope, again, spelled the same way, or you can go to the Zelle app, sportscope at gmail.com. Sportscope has about 5,000 followers and growing. If you want to advertise on the program, you can email me. The word is sportscope, spelled the same way again, at gmail.com. Thank you and enjoy the program. Okay, now I'm live here on all links. I'm glad to we got that commercial out without a hitch to start the program. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope on this first day, new time, and actually got running behind. I thought I had plenty of time, but I, but I didn't. I've got so much information. We're going to go over the NFC East today and the NFC North today. Uh, the college football playoff will be in. Um, the college football playoff in 2026, but they're shooting for 2024. We'll go to 12 teams. We'll talk about that. But first, there were some quarterback moving in the NFL, and I want to get on top of that right off the bat. Russell Wilson. And there was a lot of talk about his contract extension. He's 34 years old. Uh, got a... What I say it was a five-year extension. It's going to put him right at 40 years old when he finishes this particular uh, uh, extension here in Denver. Now, five years, 242 million, 161 guaranteed. Now, the same thing. What I think about when I think about this, I think about the Peyton Manning contract and his stint later in his career. Uh, ironically, uh, right around the same time that Russell Wilson uh, it landed w- with the Denver Broncos. Now, Manning was coming off a serious neck injury, but everybody and 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 their brother, uh, as far as NFL organizations, including a, a team here in Nashville, Tennessee, the Titans were, were coming after him strong, even after he was released for Andrew Luck. Back in uh, 2000, and I want to say it was 2011, 2012. And, of course, it paid off. You know, they went to uh, the playoffs two years, uh, two Super Bowls, won one. And, you know, Peyton in 2015 ran off into the sunset. So you ask yourself, this kind of money, which will we'll hit the cap here at in, in the 50s from 2025 to 2028 but next year 
Uh, well, this year, the, his cap hit, this is a big deal, folks. Russell Wilson's cap hit is $17 million this year. That's that that is less than Lamar Jackson's fifth year option. That is a bargain. And next year, when the cap goes up, goes up about 10 million a year, right? Maybe go up a little bit more. Uh it'll be 20 uh 22 million. Okay. But then in 2024, he's going to be pushing 37 at that point. It's going to be uh, 35 million, and then it jumps up after that to the 50s, 50, 55, 58, and that's when you're going to have to start uh, renegotiating contracts. You're going to have to push that money back. And again, is it worth it? Well, like I've said about the Cleveland Cavaliers, when LeBron James won that one suit, uh, one NBA Finals, there, even though they were bad after that because he, he went off and left to to the Lakers. And now they're already rebuilding. You can't, it's like getting a degree when I was yeah, growing up. You know, uh, that can't be taken away. Now, if they don't win a Super Bowl, and it's it's going to be a rough four years. It's going to be a rough four years. But I do think that they will uh, be in the driver's seat. When you got a guy like this, you got a team like this around him, uh, these next four years, particularly these next two, this year being one of them, that the fans should say the Denver Broncos have a realistic shot of winning a Super Bowl, okay? So is it worth it on that perspective? Absolutely. Now, if they don't in these next four years, the whole thing wasn't worth it. Uh, if they're competitive – my sense is they will be competitive. But the back end of this, the when he's 39 and 40, uh, this is going to be a rough, this is going to be a, 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 a rough pill to swallow. But again, it's worth it if you win as a fan. But I have to, I have to state these facts. Again, not everybody is like Tom Brady. The, the, the statistics on quarterbacks, good quarterbacks, Hall of Fame-worthy quarterbacks, uh, as of recently, these guys hit the wall 37, 38, 39, 40, starting with guys like Drew Brees, 42, uh, retired those last two years. Uh, lost a lot on his uh, on on the uh, release of the, of the football and the speed of the ball. Uh, those last two years in the playoffs, too many turnovers, too many short passes. Uh, Philip Rivers at thirty nine retired. His last year was in the playoffs, but he did not want to go on. Uh, you saw the same type of decline. Now this is a shorter player. Uh, he's not going to have the advantage of a Tom Brady to be able to see over the line. So my point is he's not going to make it to 45. This is going to look bad either way. And and within the next three years, within the next three years, plus, you know, Pickle says he had nine pro bowlers around him, uh, much quicker release, uh, the best coaching ever with Belichick most of those career, most of this career. Now, mind you, he's only played two, two seasons – 
this is season number three with, with the Tampa Bay Bucks. So look at Philip Rivers, 39, retired. Uh, Eli Manning, 38. Peyton Manning, 40. Drew Brees, 42. But he could have left at 40 also. So, again, 34, next two to three years, preferably the next two because of the cap. Uh, if you get if you get uh, lucky on the draft picks after that, but you're not, though. A lot of these picks have already gone to Seattle, okay? So, really, if you're a fan, uh, you want to think about this year and even right off this year and you say, well, he's just getting used to the new players, new scheme. Next year, if you're the Denver Broncos. Now, we know they've got uh, Randy Gregory on defense. Patrick Sertan's going to be in his prime. Uh, guys like that, Bradley Chubb. Uh, you want to add as many pieces as you can next year, between this year and next year, uh, to, to win your Super Bowl. So, again, guy like this, I saw him play at a high level. Before his injury with with the finger, that was a freak injury. That wasn't a him getting old type of injury. But mind you, he is a smaller player. It is something to be concerned with. Again, if it is, it it will be worth it if they win. If not, this is not going to be worth it. Uh, Just another player that you overpaid. I think Denver will probably not regret this. I think they'll probably do something in the next two years. Uh, depending on me, I would purposely uh, uh, load the defense up, make sure he's got plenty of offensive line help, maybe add in another receiver there, overpay here and there, kind of like what uh, Buffalo did with with Von Miller. He's way overpaid. He knows that. But if you get that first ring, uh, you've got Josh Allen, you got that cap number. Again, with the cap number, folks, it cannot be over – uh, I think it's like 12%. He is under that number this year. He's going to be under that number next year. It's like 12.6. Can't be nowhere near 15%. No one player can be that high. You want to keep that cap number, uh, That what I'm talking about, uh, of the overall roster. You don't want to keep, because uh, since 1994, no, no team with the quarterback, who's the highest paid player usually, it's over that amount. So you don't want to be over that 12% margin there, even though the cap does go up. Uh, when it hits 50-something, the cap is not going to be uh, over $500 million. It's still going to be 100-something, uh, $178, 200-something million. So you're still at pretty close to 20% there, guys. That's not going to win. but that And that's what Denver's thinking. So... Probably realistically, I, I think, you know, they're going to have a very competitive team the next two, possibly next three years. And they're pro- he's probably going to get hurt between that year three and year four. And you're just going to have to take a, a big hit and uh, after that and rebuild for a year, possibly two. It's a lot easier to rebuild depending on how good your scouting, uh, your staff is, general management scouting. You should be okay. So, yeah, I, I think – it's a calculated risk. We saw what the Rams did. They upgraded quarterback. Now they've got a ring. Whatever happens with Matthew Stafford after this point, it's all uh, it's all gravy because you've got that championship. It can't be taken away. All right? Uh, Mr. Bisky. Now, 
Mike Tomlin made made the announcement today that he'll be getting a starting job over Kenny Pickett. And I don't know if there were this was a situation where uh Trubisky was promised something. I hope not. He's missed Trubisky. Uh, that he was promised to be the starter till he officially got beat out in camp. Uh, he's a good athlete. Uh, he, he, he doesn't uh, – <laughs> his numbers look great. He's a winner and all that. There, uh, CBS put out a, a uh, stat line on him. Highest winning percentage since 2018 among active quarterbacks with a minimum of 30 starts. Mitch Trubisky is fourth behind Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Mitch Trubisky. So you look at that, and if you come in from another planet and you think to yourself, okay, this guy's the real deal, Holyfield, man. There's no reason for the Pittsburgh Steelers to take a top 20 pick and draft another quarterback in um, Kenny Pickett. Right? Wrong. That's why you got to watch the games and be more in, in, intuitive, okay? Uh, Trubisky, his best year was in 2018. I want to say that was his second year, second, third year. In the playoffs, this was with Khalil Mack, uh, uh, Matt Nagy, Ra- Roquan Smith was drafted that year. Uh, one of the best defenses. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was hurt that year with a collarbone injury. I want to say the Bears won the division. They were like 12 and four, and they lost to the lowly Eagles. Now, the Eagles won the Super Bowl the year prior to that. But Mr. Trubisky, one touchdown. The team scored three field goals and a safety, and he was beat by Nick Foles. And the rest is history. He can't make that big throw in the playoffs. He couldn't take this. They they missed the last second field goal. He can't take a team down the field when the money's on the line to get that game winning touchdown. Okay? But Mike Tomlin is a very careful defensive-minded head coach. He's about three years older than, than Kenny Pickett. Uh, this guy's a very good athlete but he struggles to make his second, third. He kind of reminds me of a Jalen Hurts, uh, a little bit more accurate than a Jalen Hurts. But Matt Nagy was, is a very uh, took a lot of wrongful criticism. Ryan Pace, mind you, that the general manager, who's fired now, uh, they got polls there. Uh, he was assistant out of Kansas City. He's now with the Bears. Now, of course, they got a new uh, new head coach. And, and Trubisky was a backup to Josh Allen last year. He didn't even try to compete with another team for a starting job. So last year was kind of like a year off for him, you know. But now, mind you, this this general manager drafted Mitch Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Uh, Watson, you know, no matter what people say about his personal stuff and everything, uh, got one of the highest actual ratings. His his ratings actually mean something. He's won playoff games. He's advanced in the playoffs games. And should I say anything else about Patrick Mahomes? I mean, uh, you know, league MVP, uh, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, that doesn't mind even saying. So 
I'm thinking about, I'm not, I'm not sure what. Uh, this guy's probably a really good practice player. Kenny Pickett is, is, is the knock on him. He's not a great pack, uh, uh, practice player. But uh, for the games he played, the guy has got like two incompletions in both games, okay? And he's the younger player. So my guess is this is probably going to go about like the Tommy Maddox uh, 2004 Pittsburgh Steelers, kind of the same uh, different head coach, kind of the same mentality. Uh, Tommy Maddox played the opening week. Uh, the team lost to the to the Ravens. And I want to say that, um, that Ben Roethlisberger, Ends up coming in, yeah, yeah. He, he uh, Ben came in in week two against Baltimore. After Maddox left the game with an elbow injury, uh, that'll be something like that. You know that that uh, I don't think this line is that good. Pro Football Focus still has them ranked at the bottom of the league, and they they've been reading. Uh, Colin Coward said that they have one of the lowest uh, amount of money spent on the offensive line. So he's trying to make this up. Uh, Tomlin and this management staff, they're trying to make up having a bad offensive line with uh, drafting another receiver and getting an athletic quarterback. And that's just not a philosophy I believe in. Uh, get the quarterback right, protect the quarterback right, uh, get your wide receivers in later rounds. That's what you pay those, uh, uh, your scouting, your, your management staff, that's what you pay them for. And you you take care of that offensive line. You go free agency, and if you got to overpay for a guard, overpay for a guard, okay? But you're going to be able to get a push in that running game. You're going to be, get, be able to give that quarterback an extra second to make a read, to potentially make a big play downfield, and ultimately going to win you games. They've got a really good pass rush. they got the defensive player of the year on this team, uh, T.J. Watt. But I think this was more about that. And Kenny Pickett, they changed the NCAA rule about the fake slide because of Kenny Pickett, guys. All right? So I, I don't think that uh, – I think this is more of we, we gave Mitch a shot and then we're going to go with Pickett. My guess is uh, Pickett will play within the first four weeks. Because they play Cincinnati on Sunday. I think they're going to lose to Cincinnati. And within that first month, Kenny Pickett will be the starter. And there's no looking back. He makes better decisions with the shorter passes. Uh, takes what the defense gives him. This is what he did in the preseason. Okay. I just think the Steelers are going to come up a little bit short of the playoffs. There's too many loaded teams in the AFC West. Uh, Baltimore's got a good shot to make it. You know, I think Cincinnati's going to win that division. Miami seems to have a really good camp right now. Tools made the the captain of the team. He was voted a captain. Uh, The Patriots, I haven't ready to write them off. I'll have my picks all in by, by Friday. I know that's a little bit pushing the envelope because of the Rams play on Thursday, I think Buffalo's going to win that game. I'll say that every day leading up to the game, okay? I, I do think that – but as far as Pittsburgh is concerned, uh, they were very 
very lucky to even make it to the playoffs next year. They're going to be eight and nine, nine and eight. That's that's the Steelers right there for you guys. You know, but I wouldn't have done it, but I see where he's going at with it. But you don't want to get a athletic quarterback just because your line is bad or go with the more athletic quarterback just because your line is bad. You want to go with the guy that makes the quicker decisions, okay? But they're not paying him that much money, okay? Mason Rudolph is still on the roster. I don't know why he hadn't been cut. Maybe they're trying to trade him, and then they'll pick up another special teams guy or whatever. But um, so that was my thought on there. Totally disagree. I would just went right off the bat with Pickett. But again, I'm not in. I'm not in the the practice with these guys, but I still disagree because we, we know what we all saw against live action uh, with, with Pickett, and he's better at the short game and making those quick reads, something Trubisky couldn't do. He would just run for it. Uh, that's what I've seen of him, and a lot of that was, you're going to find out that a lot of his success was from Matt Nagy. Uh, Matt Nagy wasn't the problem. It was Ryan Pace. It was that general manager. They didn't take care of that offensive line there, you know. And I'm looking at this offensive line this year for the Bears, and they're going to be probably a four or five win team again this year because one of their picks got hurt on the offensive line, and they have bad skill players. Now you want to upgrade those type of positions uh, when when you have a young quarterback. Now Pittsburgh did a really good job. George Pickens, uh, the receiver out of Georgia. He's been the talk of the entire preseason for them, you know. And, of course, you got Deontay Johnson, Firemove. They have hit on their skill positions, but they haven't hit on the main nucleus so it makes teams win. Offensive line, offensive line, the big uglies. I forgot who used to say that. Um, Berman, uh, maybe in John Madden. Chris Berman, Chris Berman's still alive, ESPN. Anywho, uh, we'll see how Pittsburgh plays out. They're going to be an interesting team. They're usually in games. Mike Thomas never had a losing season. Uh, but I'm not too excited about that. If I'm a Steelers fan, I'm kind of bummed out today. This is not my year if I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And at some point, you start to got to ask, do we want to stay? I know this guy keeps it at 500 every year. We, we barely slide in. But – that's technically what you call mediocrity uh, with, with Tomlin. Now, I don't know how much Tomlin uh, has authority with this team. That still remains to be seen. They've lost their general manager. Uh, he's retired. They're going with new management. It's probably somebody they've hired in-house. That'll be okay. But I think the Steeler fans are going to get a little frustrated with the general philosophy of this team towards the end of the season because it's going to look pretty much more of the same. All right? Uh, switching gears here. Wow. Man, you know, when I, Pickles, when I read this college football playoff vote uh, for a 12-team playoff, I just didn't believe it. It was so big uh, last week. It was so uh, surprising and caught me off guard that I thought that a vote would be come into play and within the next two years. I had to read it again and say, no, a vote's going to come into play this week, which was last week, for a 12-team playoff, okay? 
And I will say this. It is uh, it was a good week in college football. I thought that Florida would win. They did. They they knocked out Utah. I actually bet the uh, LSU game and and got beat there with a free bet out of uh, FanDuel. Okay? So here we go. All right. So in 2026 now, there is a possibility – uh, that this could come into play in 2024. 20, uh, to be determined, will be officially switched by, this is Athlon Sports, by 2026, but the Board of Managers tasked the College Football Management Committee to, re- to review the possibility of starting in 24 or 25. I hope 24. That would be awesome. Okay? Now, now how's this going to play out? This is going to play out 12 days, check this out, 12 days after the conference championship games. Now, the conference championship games are usually about the first Saturday in December. My guess is it's usually around December 5th, okay? Uh, You're right into the Christmas season there. So you're talking 12 days. So if it's on December 5th, we're talking 17th, 18th. That's right around the time or a few days before that people start getting out for the Christmas vacations. A lot of the schools are done by the end. The public schools, the colleges, uh, people with really good jobs are usually uh, done around the 18th to the 20th. So that weekend, when people first go, you're going to have more eyeballs on these games out around that right when you get off. Normally, they are there's awful off bowl games. Now, the NFL is still going to be ramped up. You can pull them around the NFL games. You can put these games on Saturdays, okay? Uh, the College basketball is just starting. The NBA, uh, most people take the NBA as starting on Christmas Day. I've always looked at that after Christmas Day. Then I start to pay more and more attention to the NBA, not unless there's a big story. I'm going to get to that Malcolm uh Devin, Devin Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell story tomorrow, by the way. I just got too caught up into these football stories today. Since I'm going five days a week, I'll be able to get to every story I want to. Okay, now, so essentially, you will have 12 teams, and I want to say the first four are conference winners, and... They will have bye weeks, okay? And these these games will be played on site. That's what I like. They're going to be played at the uh, site of, of, of these top-ranked teams. So they're going to be the first conference winners. Let me make sure I got this right. So I went from one screenshot to another. Okay, six highest-ranked conference champions, six highest-ranked non-champions, top Four conference champs will receive first-round bye weeks, kind of like the NFL, all right? And higher seeds to host first-round games, quarterfinal and semifinal after the first-round games. Those will be played in bowl games. Now, you say, well, what, what, what's your opinion of it? Okay, the bowl season's terrible. The bowl season is unwatchable. Uh, the Orange Bowl. The, the Rose Bowl, 
Uh, you've got all these top players that are opting out of these games, and they are uh, preparing for the combine. They are prepared for their pro day. They're they're thinking about the NFL. Uh, you know, TV tries to hype these games up, and they mean nothing. They're exhibitions, okay? Uh, all that hype, all that crowd. And there was a study done that the attendance at these games have been down over the years, you know? Now, I still say, even with this, guys, I still say, we just got past Labor Day weekend, that the top 10 teams should all play each other. One through 10 should play each other the first week. And then 11 through 25, 26 should play the first weekend. There's no NFL and uh, there's no playoff in Major League Baseball. You're just competing with the lowly uh, U.S. Open. And then you still have an opportunity for teams to get back into it when we have this 12-team playoff. The title game will be at a neutral site. So uh, if if you have a red-hot Ohio State team, these teams like Ohio State in the Big Ten, they've never got a chance to host a big game like this late in the year post-Christmas. So if you have a Georgia team that's having a down year, but they found a way to get an at-large bid and Alabama wins the conference or whatever, you're going to have Georgia have to go up to an Ohio State and play in the snow. You know, the money for this, people say, well, it's just a money grab. And why? And I've said this before. Why is it a money grab? Because it's more good football. That's why. And you say, well, what are they going to do with the other bowls? I don't know. I didn't pay attention to the other bowls. Not unless you're just a major gambling addict. Uh, I think last year I did play the over for the Tennessee game and Purdue game. And I hit it. But other than that, those games are unwatchable. And think about it this way. The conference championship now, the conference championship now is played around December 5th. Well, you got to wait all the way to New Year's Eve to see the playoff game. Well, now that's not going to be, you got a week ahead of time and you're playing more active football. Okay? I think I screenshotted what it would look like if these teams played today. If, if last year, if last year, okay, if this were put into place last year, in the first round, Georgia would have played Pittsburgh. Notre Dame would have played Utah. That would have been a great game. Ohio State would have played Michigan State. Ole Miss would have played Oklahoma State. In the second round, Alabama would have played Ole Miss. Michigan would have played Ohio State again in the playoff. This is from Athlon. Cincinnati would have played Notre Dame. That would have been a great game in the Peach Bowl. Baylor would have played Georgia in the Fiesta Bowl. That's the second round. If the 12-team playoff were put into effect last year, these are all good football games. You know, uh, maybe Georgia would Georgia were probably blown out Pittsburgh. But, I mean, Notre Dame, Utah, Ohio State, Michigan State, and then, and then the second round. You get another round with Ohio State and Michigan. You get Ohio State and Michigan twice a year. If this were put into place last year, according to Athlon. So it's just more good football. 
Uh, I'm not worried about the have-nots and everything. Again, nobody watched those teams anyways. The, the, the ratings and the standings are way down. Uh, uh, the attendance, excuse me. The ratings and the attendance are way down. Now, is it going to pay a lot of money? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be paying uh, hundreds, of, hundreds of millions, probably in the billions. Uh, I don't think that everything I read, I don't think they know how good of money this is going to be. Only thing I can say is to make college football better is have more week zero games, which is two weeks ago when you had games played, uh, more big games on Labor Day weekend, and use this. Is it going to water down the regular season? Uh, those end of the year games like Ohio State, Michigan, if they're both uh, have pretty good records, uh, Georgia and Alabama, yeah, a little bit, but I'll still watch. I'll still watch good football. I'll still watch good football. Fast paced. You could feel the energy. Uh, a lot of NFL players playing. You're going to see more players not uh, opting out. They're going to go ahead and play. You know. So it, it, it's going to water down the regular season a little bit, but it's going to put a whole lot more interest pickles in the month of December. So I love it from that sense. And again, you're going to get to see all the great players more often than not played later in their career. Cross your fingers, you don't get injured. But this is the game you play. Of course, there, there, there's all kinds of potential there. All right. Uh, going to be a good thing. Hopefully, we get it in 24 instead of 26. But, uh, you know, once they got the ball rolling, I guess it is what it is. Okay, let's talk a little NFL. My final predictions will be in Friday, this Friday. I've got one confirmed guest. Carlos will be on. I may have a guest tomorrow. I'm still thinking about that. In fact, if I can get Jamie Pack, someone like that from the Northeast Streaming Sports. But if not, I got a lot of NFL predictions. We'll start off uh, in the NFC East. Then we're going to do the NFC North. Again, we'll get it all done by Friday. I think Buffalo will beat the Rams on Thursday night. Go figure. Uh, Dallas. Okay. Dallas lost Randy Gregory uh, last year through free agency. The same Randy Gregory that was suspended for 11, played 11 games last year, uh, suspended for a big chunk of his career uh, for substance abuse, that Randy Gregory. So they lost him the free agency. And, of course, they traded Amari Cooper. This was all a fallback from uh, Jerry Jones wanting to pay everybody. Uh, the Jalen Smith contract, Amari Cooper making over $20 million a year, you know, all that stuff. But And they, and they lost Lionel Collins. Okay, and uh, Connor Williams, but they they brought in Jason uh, brought in Jason Peters there, and Pro Football Focus they had him at a pretty good ranking. They had their line still pretty well coming into this season. I want to say they're in the um, top ten, and you just look at it. Guys like Randy Gregory, Connor Williams, Cedric Wilson, this team has been known to draft well, okay? 
they have addressed their offensive line. By the way, Jason Peters might be 40, but he played 15 games. He had a 77 pro football focus rating uh, with the Bears last year. And now he's bringing, they're bringing him in on the practice squad. And I think they're going to go with this guy, Tyler uh, Bledsoe or so, whatever. I think it's Tyler. And then Josh Ball, uh, Tyler Smith, excuse me. So to go with this Tyler Smith here, but I do think that that they're in better shape because they haven't made any aggressive moves at wide receiver. Uh, they've got Peters coming in. They still got Zach Martin. Uh, they still have the right tag. So it's not as bad and as uh, looming as I originally thought it was, you know. And Dak Prescott is still the 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 best quarterback in in that uh, division, okay. And so I, I've actually got them going eleven and six. They could win Sunday against Tampa. They'll find a way to screw that up. But the odds makers agreed with me. They don't know. It's a one point three fate one point a point and a half to two points. For Tampa, okay? This is in Dallas. Now, mind you, they played Tampa right down to the end last year. Now, much better team there. I understand that. But, you know, you got Michael Parsons coming into another year. He was had a good argument for defensive player of the year. He did win rookie of the year. Trayvon Diggs. You got another year with Dan Campbell. Um, is it Dan Campbell? I keep getting him mixed up with... Um, the I keep getting this guy mixed up with the head coach there of the uh, Detroit Lions. But, you know, Dan Quinn, excuse me. I just think that their line's going to be better. I think they're going to have just as good running game. You still got, um, oh, God, what's this guy's name? This tight end there. Now, Gallup's not going to be there. But C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz. You know, and this uh, Turbin guy who ran the two kickbacks here, he ran the two kickbacks in the preseason, and he was one of these USFL sensations, one of those folks. And they just have a way of finding guys to come out of nowhere to play that receiver position. It's a lot easier. And Mike McCarthy, yeah. Uh, the head coach here, you can say he, from, from what Jerry Jones will say, you could say he's on the hot seat here. But like I, get, like I said, I got them going 11 and 6. They're, I think they're going to lose at the Rams, at Philadelphia, and uh, J- at Jacksonville because of the, the way that particular game is set up. Uh, probably lose at Tennessee because that's at Tennessee on a Thursday night. All right. Uh, they're going to lose to Cincinnati. But I, I just got them 11 to 6 and slightly, slightly winning this division again for this Dallas Cowboy team. Now, the Giants, uh, you know, I was reading the Giants actually have, they feel like they have their right tackle and their left tackle. Uh, this Neil from. Um, this player out of Alabama that they got in the first. Remember, they had two top ten picks uh, 
Kayvon Thibodeau at uh, a big-time pass rusher out of Oregon. I think he was a really good play. And remember, you got Leonard Williams coming back here. You know, they had a they were really competitive the first half of the season. Then they just kind of gave up on Joe Judge. You know. Uh, but you know, Saquon Barkley back, but they've got Andrew Thomas here at left tackle, and they've got Neil there at right tackle. He was the guy they got out of Alabama, and I'm trying to see exactly. Uh yeah, Evan Neal out of Alabama at right tackle, and they feel very comfortable. With, with where they're going here. And now you know that they've, uh, they've got a new general manager, Joe Sheehan, was an assistant out of Buffalo. And they had some cap problems. They had to get rid of guys like James Bradbury, who's with the Eagles now, Will Hernandez, Evan Ingram, you know. But, and of course, they've, they've hired Brian DeBall. But I do think offensive line, when, when you've got those two tackles and you've got a healthy running back like a Saquon Barkley, it makes it a lot easier to get the passes off to a Sterling Shepard, a Kadarius Tony, uh, Galladay. They're, because they're in that big market and every game is life or death for this team, It's everything seems bigger and worse than it is or better than it is in New York. But actually, like the way their schedule's set up this year, you know, I actually have this team going eight and nine, just losing out. Uh, they're probably going to lose some close games. You got Daniel Jones. I do not believe in Daniel Jones. I think the staff doesn't believe in Daniel Jones. I think just the ownership believes in Daniel Jones. But they were four and thirteen last year. But they, they lost at Kansas City 17-20, to 20, for example, last year. They lost, uh, you know, just, just some close games. Now, they were blown out down the stretch. That's because they gave up on Joe Judge. You know, they lost at Washington 29-30 to 30 last year. Games like that. So, I, I think they're not going to be terrible. They're going to be much better. They're going to look halfway decent but you're going to realize that Jones is not the guy. That's not really a hot take. That's just basic common sense. Now, this Eagle team, and I, and I hope I can get Jamie on, within, if not this week, Jamie Paggs, a Philly sports guy, I'll get a good reckon, recognition and bring him in and tell him a little bit about his story. This guy's a big super fan, uh, puts the paint on everything. He's a member of the Northeast Stream in sports. Uh, this guy is, is just all in. But he, you know, he dresses up, he gets loud and hollers, but he's also uh, a very educated fan, uh, knows about the backups, he knows about the draft, the guy goes to the draft, he he has a philosophy, like myself, building a team from within out. He wants to build those two lines up like I do, and, and then get those wide receivers and skill players later. Not the other way around, like you see a lot of other people do. Uh, when, when you're just a fantasy player and you don't really pay attention to the wins and losses and looking in depth of it, uh, you think, well, let's get this big wide receiver. Let's pay this other wide receiver. If you can't get the guy the ball or if you don't have a quarterback to get the guy the ball to throw that player open, he's useless. But, man, these guys had a heck of an offseason. Probably one of the best uh, – 
you know, getting guys like A.J. Brown, Zach Pascal, uh, he used to play with the uh, Patriots there, made that first-round trade to get former Tennessee Titan A.J. Brown. They've got 11 starters, offense, eight on defense coming back. And James Bradbury, uh, a cornerback with, with Darius Slay, Pro Football Focus says that's one of the better cornerback uh, combos in the league. That's up there with the Miami Dolphins, Byron Jones, who's hurt the force for our games, and Xavier Howard there for uh, the for the Dolphins. Uh, Pro Football Focus has them the number one offensive line in the NFL coming into this season. Uh, these guys have all played together for a while. They're all in their late twenties, lower thirties. Uh, that you know. Doesn't guarantee anything. And of course, they got Dallas Goldard at tight end. So you've got Devontae Smith, second year with him, uh, former uh, Alabama wide receiver, standout star, A.J. Brown on the other side. And you've got uh, um, Dallas Goldard there. You've got the number one offensive line, which means you're going to have a good running game. You know, you're going to have a good running game. Uh, defensively, they've got Davis here. And this guy, I think I highlighted his name. I want to make sure I've got this right. I mean, he was like 6'8", this uh, player out of, uh, he was a player out of uh, Georgia here. And he is a monster. Now, he's going to be playing behind players like Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis. Yeah, Jordan Davis from from uh, uh, from Georgia. N'Kobe Dean, one of the best players on that Georgia team at linebacker. So you've got Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean, and then you've got these two corners back here. Uh, that defense is going to be hard to move the ball, and you're going to have to use the middle of the field, and you're going to have to throw fast. So they're going to be good at stopping the run. They're going to be good at stopping the pass. Uh, they're going to be good at running the ball. They've got more than the capability of those wide receivers making big plays, particularly A.J. Brown, uh, that big sign as sign and trade out of Tennessee there. The problem is Jalen Hurts. Here's the bad news if you're an Eagles fan. Uh, the league has a year's film on you, Okay. If you are not converting third downs like he could not do in that Tampa game where they were completely demolished in the playoffs, that's what you're going to see more of, okay? But this roster, one of the better rosters in the entire NFL, okay? And I tinkered and toyed with this particular team for the longest between them and Dallas picking who I was going to pick. I've got them going 10-7. and seven. I haven't finished the NFC. This team's going to get in as a wild card. Uh, they could uh, flip a game here and be 11-6 and six and beat out Dallas. That's how close this is going to be. But I've got both of these teams with double-digit wins. Uh, I think Dallas is being overlooked because of their losses. And I think that this, time, this team is probably being a little bit overrated because of their gains. And people are not really looking at the fact that leagues have – film on Jalen Hurts, a guy who struggles, unlike a 
Dak Prescott uh, to make his second and third reads. So what I'm going to do, Pickles, if I'm the Eagle, uh, if I'm going against the Eagles, I'm going to stack the box. I'm going to say he's got to beat us, and the Eagles fans are going to say, okay, we've spent all this money on this wide receiver. We drafted another wide receiver really high. You've got one of the faster, this Quez Watkins guy, this speed burner here. You've got one of the better tight ends. If he can't move the ball with that with that uh, uh, team around him, with the top uh, offensive line, then we can't win with this guy. And I think they're going to find that out, even though I've got this team going to the playoffs at 10 and 7. Uh a game here, a game there, they could win this division. That's the most respectful way I can put this. Okay, Washington. Washington, uh, another team that has a pretty good offensive line. Uh, their defensive line is second and a quarter pro football focus. Now, Chase Young with Washington is going to be out first four games. Okay, uh, they've added, uh, of course, they made the trade, got Carson Wentz. Okay, uh, they got a Johan Dotson at a Penn State. Now, remember, Curtis Samuel didn't play last year, so it's another player that this team has at the wide receiver position in this Washington team. But you know, uh, you look at Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, uh, Jordan Dotson. Uh, Johan Dotson, I think that's his name, uh, out of Penn State. He was a rookie. So, uh, wide receiver not going to have – now, Logan Thomas is injured. I don't know when he's going to come back. He, he was like a Pro Bowl-level tight end if he'll be back to himself. You have a fair offensive line. It's about middle, about 15th, you know. But they did replace uh, – they got Charles Leno Jr. at left tackle. Uh, if Wentz could go see a psychologist, if he took my advice and did that, I think Carson Wentz, uh, Carson Wentz, uh, could get it back together. He knows this division really well, guys. Uh, this is a good defensive line. Now, mind you, this team did beat Tampa last year. Okay. They beat Tampa last year. Uh, they lost, uh, They lost to the Chargers 16 to 20. Okay. At Carolina, uh, you know, won some close games. They they beat Vegas last year. You know, they just did lose to Philadelphia. Now, I've got them six and eleven, seven and ten because of Wentz's head case. And they do have a pretty rough schedule. Okay. This year, they're playing Jacksonville. Jacksonville has a great pass rate. I think Jacksonville's going to beat them and upset them at home in week one. Uh, they got to play Tennessee this year. Tennessee knows Carson Wentz pretty well. At Chicago on Thursday night, probably lose that one. Got to play Green Bay, probably lose that one. All right. Um, you know, at San Francisco, Cleveland, when Deshaun Watson's back. Okay, uh, Minnesota. So it, it's a pretty rough schedule for them. You know, they're playing the NFC North, and they're playing a lot. They have a late bye, and they're playing a lot of their uh, teams like the Colts. They're probably they got to play at the Colts, and Dallas. 
when Prescott plays, he owns this Washington team, man. Dallas owns this Washington team. We've been talking about Wentz for three seasons. I keep saying he's done. That injury's messed his head up. Yeah. And that, Brian, that could very well be the case. You know, now their backup is, is just that the guy's a great story, but he's not a great player. Ty, Taylor Heineke is just about, he's not too far off of Carson Wentz. He's a poor man's Carson Wentz, you know? So I got him five and 12. Uh, to six and eleven, somewhere in there, could they uh, flip two or three of these games? Yeah, they could. If he gets his head right, they got a defensive line, they got a fair offensive, he's upgraded left tackle. They've got three skill players that they can lean on. Not to mention Brian Robertson out of Alabama had a really good camp. Um, I want to say he got shot a couple times. In D.C., but he survived. He's going to be okay. And Antonio Gibson is their number one back. So they've got the pieces. It's just Wentz. It's just Wentz and the pass rushes that he plays that I know the, the mistakes that he makes. But this whole division's a wild card. So I got them finishing in last place. Could they beat the Giants out? Yes. Uh, it all depends. It just they have – it's just don't like the way – that their road schedule set up, uh, that the short weeks that they have, they got to play, like I said, at Chicago on a Thursday night, at Indianapolis, uh, at the San Francisco on Saturday night. That is big advantage for San Francisco. Cleveland with Deshaun Watson and their roster on January 1st. And Dallas owns them with Dak Prescott. And I just mentioned the the uh, the weapons and, and the roster of this Philadelphia team. So, Daniel Snyder may fire Ron Rivera. I hope they're patient with them and get their quarterback situated because I do like this defensive line led by guys like Jonathan Allen and, of course, um, their their lead guy there who was, who was injured for four games. You know, Chase Young. Uh, Montez Sweat may be the best player on the defensive line. All right. Uh, Darren Payne. I mean, this, like I said, this team beat, beat Tom Brady last year. They have the potential to, to beat anybody, but they also have the potential to lose to anybody when you got a guy like Carson Wentz. That, I know that's frustrating if you're a, uh, and yeah, Ron Rivera's won two time uh, coach of the year. Uh, he was a hair away from winning the Super Bowl. I like Ron Rivera, I really do. I think he got a little over top with the whole COVID thing last year, but I think the players forgave him for it, and I think he's going to be okay. Uh, I hope I'm wrong because I do like Ron Rivera. I just not really, I just don't have any faith in Wentz. And, and, and again, I would have Philadelphia winning that division if I had more faith in Jalen Hurts because I love their offseason moves and their roster. I still got to go on 10-7, though, in case you guys came in late. Okay, moving to the Chicago Bears. Um a lot of criticisms for the Bears. Now, mind you, Ron Poles and Matt Eberplus, really Ron Poles, the general manager here who just took it over. He was an assistant for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Now, mind you, he is cleaning up a mess, a mess that Ron Pace made with this Bears team. So they got a year to clean up. Okay, I don't have them winning that many games. 
uh, Pro Football Focus has them at like 31st in offensive line. Uh, they have two skill players that I like, Darnell Mooney and Cole uh, Komet. Now, I do like David Montgomery. They're going to have to run the ball a whole lot. They've lost Keel, uh, uh, Khalil Mack, and they very well may lose. They've only got five players on defense coming back. They very well may lose Robert Quinn to a Tennessee in the trade, somebody like that. So, again, this is not going to be another good – I think that uh, I do like the camp of a Justin Fields. I like Justin Fields. I wish the Ravens would have got him. I wish they would have made a move and got him. Uh, but they didn't. So I got him going around between 5 and 12 and 4 and 13. Uh, they're ranked at the bottom on the offensive line. Uh, Roquan Smith wanted out, but now he's come back. Uh, you just There's just not enough here. Uh, you look at their, they open up against San Francisco at Green Bay the very next week, uh, at New England on a Monday night. Okay. Uh, Philadelphia, Buffalo, Minnesota. Of course, they got to play uh, Miami, excuse me, at Dallas. They just have a really hard schedule, the Bears. And they've got to get blocking up front. Or Justin Fields. Now, he's going to be in year three next year. Uh, they're going to have a much cleaner cap to deal with. Ron Poles will and Ibrafus. I would work on the running game, and I would work on the development of getting the ball out. of. Uh, say, if, if you go eight and nine, that is a huge success for the Bears. I'm thinking four, 13, five, and 12. Probably going to be in that top five with a Seattle, with Atlanta, uh, those teams right there are going to be right there towards the bottom, okay? All right, uh, Detroit. Now, Detroit, staying in the NFC North, uh, Pro Football Focus has them as a third offensive line. Taylor Decker is taking over at left tackle. Panay Sewell, the Oregon product uh, that was drafted really high last year, he's at right tackle, Okay. And Amon St. Brown, towards the end of the season, he caught everything Jared Goff threw to him. Okay? And Jameis Williams, I wouldn't have took Jameis Williams, you know, Jameis and Williams coming off that uh, ACL uh, tear. But they got 11 starters on offense coming back. The number three offensive line. Uh, Aiden Hutchison, he's going to be the early favorite for rookie of the year. Uh, I like what Walker did uh, at, in, uh, at, at Georgia, the number one pick that's going to Jacksonville. I'll talk about Jacksonville later on this week. He's lining up there with Josh, the other Josh Allen. Uh, he may get rookie of the year, but Aiden Hutchinson had a well of a camp. Hard Knocks was really good. Uh, Dan Campbell's the real deal as far as, as far as not being a phony. He's the opposite of the, of the coach they had up there last year, guys, Brian. Yeah, Brian says, Detroit's going to be a surprise team. I picked on Swift on my fantasy team. Uh, if it's up to me, Brian, Swift would get uh, 12 targets as a game, and he would get about 20 carries. When you've got the number three ranked offensive line like that, according to Pro Football Focus, they're, they're really good. And you've got these kind of skill players, DJ Shark, 
former Jacksonville Jaguar. He's going to be the two, possibly the three, when Williams comes back. Okay. Well, if you want to count their tight end, who did drop a lot of balls last year, but he's always open. That's why they threw the ball to him. And I'm trying to find this guy. Um, yeah. Hawkinson, the, the product out of, out of uh, Iowa. Uh, my thing is, uh, they're secondary. Now, Jeff Okuda, former Ohio State Buckeye, he's supposed to be having a really good camp. So they're going to be better at one of their cornerback spots. Little weak at linebacker. Um, I've got this team going 7-10, and 10, and that would be good. Uh, I think Philadelphia will probably beat them week one, but that's going to be a really tight game in week one. And But I have them beating Minnesota uh, at Minnesota. I have them beating Miami at home. Actually, I have them beating Green Bay at home. I guess there must be a setup with that game. Uh, beating Jacksonville at home and beating Chicago at home. So, they, they, you know, this team is going to be presentable this year. At 7-10, and 10, um, they were 3-13-1. and one. Now, mind you, last year they beat Arizona last year. They should have beat Baltimore last year. They got robbed with the clock. They came back strongly against San Francisco in week one. They lost to Cleveland uh, 13 to 10 last year. Okay. And now, of course, they beat Green Bay. Now, that last game against Green Bay, Green Bay uh, benched all their starters, um, which, which, which is a good transition. Uh, Green Bay. You know, I listen to these uh, prognosticators, these national guys, and I kind of get lost in trans uh, trans uh, translation. But Green Bay is not in bad of shape. They're going to have David Bakhtiari back this year. Uh, they're going to have him back Sunday. Jar Alexander, by most standings. And opinions of pro football focus, he's the best cornerback in the NFL. He's going to be back this year. Yes, they lost Devontae Adams. Yes, they lost Valdez Scandling. Uh, top 10, top 5 offensive line. Uh, top 10 defensive line, according to pro football focus. Rashawn Gary is coming into his own. Uh, former Michigan player is having a, a great camp. Okay? So, I you look at, and I like the trade. They got a uh, a first and a second round pick for Devontae Adams. Now they've got, you know, Alan Lazard at tight uh, at wide receiver. Got Randall Cobb back. Chris, uh, Christian Watson from North Dakota State. And, of course, Robert Tanya is going to be back at some point this year. They're going to lead a lot on uh, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. But this is going to force Rodgers to work with these other receivers. I think he will. I think that they're healthy in the right places. I think they have another really good favorable schedule. I got them going 13 and four. Uh, they're probably going to, they're going to win this division. They're going to get a one or two seed again, probably end up blowing it again. Aaron Rodgers could get hurt again. And, um, and that could very well happen. You know, Brian says it's everyone else quietly. 
hoping Rodgers just falls on his face. I'm a Bear fan, so I'm biased. Yeah, and that could happen with Roquan Smith and, and Robert Quinn if they keep those guys together. Uh, now, he owns the Bears. I got them losing to teams like at Tampa. Uh, I got them winning that opening game against Minnesota. Okay. Um, I got them beating the Rams at home. They they lose at Miami. But they, the, all their tough games are at home. You know, uh, I got them losing at Buffalo. Okay. But Dallas at home, he owns Dallas. He owns the Bears. He owns the Cowboys, Rodgers. You know, uh, they got New England in Green Bay. Do you think Mac Jones is going to beat Rodgers? You know, when you start breaking it down, Pickles, it's just they haven't really lost players. They're going to get a lot of good players back. And these games are won in the trenches. They're still running the trenches. And I'm over an hour, but... I got to finish up. A lot of people how Minnesota. I'm not one of those people, okay? I think Minnesota, they're going to be a little bit better offensively. Uh, they've got 10 players coming back on offense. They lost Anthony Barr in the offseason, Xavier Woods, players like that. But Kirk Cousins is a $31 million cap hit, guys, Okay. Uh, they have an agent defense. They were 30th in yards allowed last year. They were 23rd in points allowed last year. Now they're going to give up more points because they got a more of an offensive-minded head coach. They did pick up Darius Zadarius Smith, okay? But I've got them going uh, anywhere from – Six and eleven to seven and ten. I'm sorry, Minnesota. I just don't believe in them. You know they got to play at Philadelphia on Monday night. They got to play the Saints in London. They got to play at Miami. Okay, um, at Buffalo, and then of course they got to play uh, Indianapolis at home, New England. Uh, do you think they're going to beat New England? Do you think this young rookie head coach with Kirk Cousins is going to beat New England? I don't think they're going to beat New England. You know, uh, I, I don't think they're going to win at Washington on November 6th. I got them beating teams like Arizona off a of bye week. We have a very hard schedule. Uh, their defense is going to be worse. And you got Kirk Cousins taking $31 million of your cap. What are you going to do with that? You know, yeah, Brian says he's been underwhelming his whole career. Mind you, he's got they got to play New Orleans in London. I actually got them winning that game, but they can lose that game. Got to play New Orleans in London. That's a primetime game. Okay. They got to play New England on Sunday night football. We know how Kirk Cousins does in these games. More often than not, he's going to fold like a cheap suit. So, uh, Got Green Bay winning this easily at round 13 and four. Uh, uh, actually have Detroit in second, Minnesota in third, and the lowly Bears in fourth place in the NFC North. I'll be back on tomorrow. We'll be talking about more of the NFC, uh, the NFC South and the NFC West. We'll finish out next uh, on, uh, on Thursday or no, Friday. I'll roll the show all the way through on predictions 
Super Bowl predictions on Friday, uh, Rookie of the Year, uh, MVP, and all that stuff. Guys, if you like the show, share the show. I'll be back on tomorrow, same time. I'm over seven minutes, and I've still got other stories to touch. So uh, I appreciate you all listening. And uh, we're doing a new thing here. Off to a great start. Actually went a few minutes over and still got plenty to talk about tomorrow. So have a good night, everybody. I will see you 7 p.m. Central Time again tomorrow night here on Sportscope. <laughs>